But anyways, thanks so much for having us over. Um, you know, this is my first time coming to a bris. What what uh, happens here? Is this like a buffet or something? Oh, and scene. Good stuff. Good yeah, stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. So here, a couple of places we could have improved there. Sure. So when when you yes and uh, my my poop on the floor, you know you you. I don't know why I'm still doing this. Bit. All right, let's move on. <laughs> I mean, my note was going to be, why'd you have to take it to a bris? Yo, how many brisses have you been to this summer? Because like, I feel like I feel like it's bris season. 2020, this summer of brisses. Yeah, man. It's I I had to buy a new tux because it's bris season, <laughs> and I've been to like seven already. And by the third by the third bris, I imagine it's like oh. Everyone's seeing me wear the same tux again. This is embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's one of the and and you know it's it's hard to get a date who's available for all those times, and it, and it's a little rude. You know, like I went I went on a one of those getaway, uh, brisses. Oh, like a like a destination bris. Yeah, yeah. It was a destination bris in Jamaica, which is beautiful. You know, I love that. <laughs> it really it's just being around all that beautiful caribbean sand and sea really just makes a brace more special jamaican my foreskin (laughs) i knew you had something i could see it in your eyes and you couldn't get it out (laughs) boy was it worth (laughs) worth it oh man it's it's been a minute it's it's good to be recording again with you yeah i was gonna say we're back (laughs) where else could i say quality bits like this you know Jamaican, my foreskin bleed. We're back, back baby. baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you have you checked out any of the new SNL? They just came out with their fourth episode of the new season uh, yesterday. I've seen some of the clips. I've seen some of the clips. Um, yeah, man. I am just so happy that the pandemic did not impact SNL's ability to be not funny. Um. <laughs> You know, it's good to see that some things have been changed and they're right back in form. It's great. Um, yeah, it's terrible, dude. It's like their their opening uh, segments now are no less than 15 minutes. I've been like looking because I've, I've watched all the episodes up to date. And yeah. like everything is just the first 15 minutes of the episode are these just dry, just like it, they're not they don't even have takes on it it's just basically Repeating. like what happened last week yeah. oh there was a there was an election let's act that out and yep. they, they just don't go they don't have anything to say they don't go hard enough on it yeah um and jim carrey is like nothing on it the, the problem is with the with the whole biden thing is like they i don't think they've tapped into like anything comedic about biden so you bring in jim carrey and he looks like him a little bit and he but he doesn't do anything like he, there's no hot takes on it they're scared to take an angle on him because to take an angle on somebody is to point out – it's like to make a caricature. It's to emphasize some things that are embarrassing or silly or weird. Like it's to poke fun at someone and they don't want to poke fun at Biden because they're scared that that will make Biden like less electable. But that's not true. Like frankly, like you – it would probably make him more relatable, number one. 
And number two, it's like I think they're trying to make up for the sins of the past when they had Donald. I don't know if you remember, but I remember they I had remember. Donald Trump on oh, yeah. as the host during the fucking 2016 election, which is insane. Mm-hmm. They gave him all that airtime. Yeah. I mean, they weren't like the sole culprit, but they certainly helped. Like, they, yeah, they played a part in the percentage of the social, not not social media. They played a part in the in the media cycle that helped bring him to prominence. Yep. Um, just like Jimmy Fallon with his like softball interview with him. Yep. It, yeah. No, you're totally right. I mean, there, there is probably some guilt, you know, coming around now, but I mean, I, I think that's neither here nor there. I think, I think their reliance on the election for material to just fill up the time on a Saturday night. Um, and then to have that stuff not even really be all that interesting or fun. Yeah. It, it just makes me, it, it really like solidifies to me like when, when this is over, you know, whether that be in a month or four years from now, they're not going to have shit to fucking do. You know, I, I think like this is what SNL ultimately, like I respect the difficulty of what they're trying to do every week. Um, I respect the fact that they're a national comedy show that's trying to appeal to like people in Iowa, just like people on the West Coast and New York um, and people of all political stripes. And look, I, I get that and the challenges that come with it. I think ultimately, like this is what happens when comedy gets to have like an institution, like a venerable institution. Like I think I've said this before on the podcast even. I just think like if – if you comedy is like of the moment and it's like it should be from a place of like passion not like a place of you know all right what's our uh, what's our take on this this week they're going to expect something from SNL so what celebrity can we pull in here to get the ratings up you know and and the thing is like obviously i'm i'm criticizing things i love like i i watch SNL religiously i always have um for better or for worse, because I, f- I find myself, even like the last few seasons, I watch an episode every like Sunday because it comes out on Hulu the next day. Word. And then I go, well, that wasn't very funny. And then I move on with my life. And then I repeat the cycle again. It's like COVID. <laughs> like just living in this like endless thing here. Um, so I think one of the things I try to do with SNL, and, and I try to be good about this, but sometimes I don't have the patience, is I always try to listen to the musical performances. Mm-hmm. Because I found that I've discovered music that I really liked accidentally yeah. by listening to them live. I think there there is something about appreciating a band or being put off by a band by seeing how they perform live. And um, the musical guests these, these past few weeks, like I will say that's the one thing that like, yeah. like they've been great. I'm, I'm just thinking about the musical guests I've seen throughout the years. Like, yes, there are a lot of really great bands that I, I wasn't turned on to until I – like saw them on SNL. Um, I'm even like ashamed to say like Prince. I, I know you and, and our, some of our friends in college had talked about Prince a lot and I just was never exposed to Prince growing up. Um, but then I don't know if you remember, it's very unusual that they ever would do this, but they did it for Prince. They gave him his two musical guest slots back to back. So he could just do a really long set. Um, and he just, he just goes up and shreds like fucking slays just like this, like, 20 minute long funky jam slash like mix of his songs and it just it was awesome just fucking amazing and then i got into prince oh yeah but i also on the flip side remember um watching live the pretty infamous at this point fiasco of what was her name 
Ashley Simpson. Ashley Simpson. Dude. I watched the first song, and then on the second one, she comes out and the first starts singing the second song, and the first song starts playing out of, like, and her voice is coming out of the speakers. It's like, oh, man, you just got destroyed. I don't think her career ever recovered from that. I don't think it did either. Um, I still... I still think that's like the thing she is known most for in all of her singing career now. Yeah. Um, Cause it's years. I think I saw something on like Instagram or some shit about her. Um, and even as even the story about her was like Ashley Simpson famously known for her SNL thing. Mm-hmm. Like, so, so it's still like, that's the first thing that's like said <laughs> after her name is like, Oh, the one who like fucked up on SNL. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. It was it was before the it was like it was like just at the point of the internet where it was hard to come back from something like that. Like there was enough internet to spread that wide and like far and wide, but there wasn't enough internet to for her to be like I'm going to rebrand myself with a smaller, more dedicated group of fans and just rebuild build myself back right. up. Right. Um yeah, you got to you got to be a bit bigger to really survive like a blow like like Mel Gibson status where it's like took a massive hit with all the Jew stuff yikes but <laughs> still has like a pretty you know loyal following when everything's said and done he's still getting roles he has a movie coming out like in a couple months it took him like 10 years but yeah it took him 10 years but he's back um which is pretty impressive and you know what i think helps is he has a pile of money like honestly i, I think that is he can help he can like fund he has enough money to fund your movie now like that's how rich he is and it's I just saw this on online. This it's because of the passion of the Christ. Um he tried to get studio yeah, funding. Took the for words it. right out of my mouth. Yeah. I I was gonna say that I think that he he will always have a funding because of that segment of, of the population that's like mm-hmm. you know, we love Jesus and we hate some Jews. <laughs> um, so we're so you're You don't guy. know if it's that second part, but they sure Yeah it is. Come on, Jeff. With some people, yeah. <laughs> My parents love uh, the Passion of the Christ. They like love it, um, and so what do they love about it? They love that it's got Big J as the main character. Look, I love me some Big J too, but come on now, this is like there's an element of it that is like we never get to have our thing be in popular culture, and here it is, and it's a big budget movie with our thing, our guy on the screen, and it's also like I'll be honest with you, man. Even if I was a Christian, I would look at that movie and be like, this is fucking exploitative. Like, because when I tell you that you watch basically the the whole movie, like you get little clips and flashbacks of Jesus as like a wise teacher, like being there for the people that he's talking with and healing the sick and all that stuff. Um, but most of the movie is him getting like arrested, um, betrayed, like... The, like, it's Last Supper on, so it's it's like the bad part of the story where he gets betrayed, gets the shit kicked out mm-hmm. of him by the Roman Empire, uh, and then gets right. crucified. He gets his like asshole opened up. He gets his penis flattened. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> that look, it's the Bible, Jack. Come on, I <laughs> isn't me. It's the Bible. Now I really can't tell my parents about this podcast. It's on the Stations of the Cross, dude. <laughs> Jack, what your friend said about the Lord. Um, I don't know, man. It's a, it's a hard one for me to... I, I don't care for it myself. It's a hard one for me to really... 
Yeah, so so I guess this is this is the thing. This is exactly the thing because we don't we don't really need to go into like why people's faith is connected to this movie. Like I get all that. Like that you know, like Catholics, you know, having their guy represented. That's not really what I'm getting at. What I'm getting at is more bridging the gap between a high budget Hollywood film with special effects and gore and that religion and that faith and the pilgrimage to go see it's like yeah. it's it's like imagine having your entire church congregation go see Saw Five. Like that's like Honestly, basically dude, what I'm saying. Saw it's five, like so weird about it. Saw five was more tame than the Passion of Christ. It's like it, yeah, it's like my torture point, porn. My point exactly. Yeah, it is like yeah. it is essentially torture porn with the excuse of but it's it's got a religious seal of approval on it. It's a good good point you're making. Exactly. So the it, reason why I think people like it is because it makes them feel like it, it lines up with how Americans tend to view Jesus, for lack of a better word. Okay. Americans don't like to think too hard about – think about the most Christians, American Christians you know. They're not – look, thinking about like the love your neighbor stuff and the, you know, feed the, the hungry and clothe the unclothed and – house the homeless and visit the imprisoned like all that stuff is a real fucking drag man i mean what a pain in the ass but the part where your guy went to bat for you and he died and then he beat death like a fucking badass that is awesome and that is super american and i don't have to do anything for anybody to really like get on board with that shit (laughs) what i'm saying is there's a particular i would view it as like a total perversion of the message that Jesus was actually trying to talk about to people um, where it's like, Hey, be nice to each other, be kind to each other. Remember, like treat your neighbor like yourself and value God. Like those, that's the message. But what people, people don't want that because it's not sexy. What's sexy is our guy went through hell and then he came back, you know, like that's cool. It's fucking badass, bro. Then there's another layer on top of that where I would say that um, the the passion story, the death and resurrection story, is older than Christianity. It's actually like a, it was originally a pagan story, and it exists in a lot of different cultures before Christianity. And so I think that it taps into something primal in people. And I think that part, um, I think there are people who are like, it just if you want to hit something that's going to like get people going on a lowest common denominator level that's what it's going to do and then there's another part where it's like the liberals or like the non-christians where these we're this oppressed group of christians in this secular society and they don't like the fact that we get to have our own movie but we get to have our own movie so we're going to go and we're going to support it with our money because we want people to know that we're a force to be reckoned with in culture and why did we do those bus those shipping out of people um, to go from churches and schools to see the movie, I think that last part is why. Of like, man, this sounds very familiar. You know, it's November, elections, fan bases rallying behind something <laughs> because it's their guy, regardless of yeah, hmm, lowest common denominator tapping into people's baser urges. <laughs> Where have we mm. seen this before or since? Yeah. Mm. In my mind, um, the Passion of the Christ is basically nothing more than an exploitative, like, kind of like a cash grab. Like, it got lightning in a bottle at the time, but it is basically torture porn with a Christian lens on it, like we were talking about before. It's it's not 
it's not like you don't get anything out of it. I think even as a Christian, like after you see it, it's just an experience that you had. You know they're doing a sequel? No, they're not. I'm not joking. I'm not joking about this. Google it right now. And Henry Cabezal has already signed on to be back. And Mel Gibson's directing. Holy shit. Well, we'll have to do an episode on that. Um, it'll have significantly less violence unless he really changes up the story. <laughs> yeah, we'll do a follow-up. Yeah. Uh, I hope that I think that last bit gives you a sense of what this movie is like. There's also one aspect that I forgot about, which is that um, in passion plays, like which have been a thing for a long time, like plays that show the passion of the Christ, um, there's one that plays in Germany in this town called Gotterammerung, Um that's been playing like every year since like 1200 AD. Um, here's what I'm trying to get at with this is that in reality, who killed Jesus, right? It was the Romans. Obviously he was put on trial by Pontius Pilate and he was sentenced to death by the Roman government. Um, but there, you can tell it in such a way. And like, there, are like one of the ways it's depicted in the gospels is that the high priests in the gospel of John, by the way, is that the high priests of the Jews had a big role to play in it. Um, and so what I'm trying to get at is this whole idea of the Jews killed Jesus comes from the Passion of the Christ story. And depending on how you tell that story, it can lean pretty hard into who's really responsible, the Jews. Um, and the more you show of the high priest as the bad guy, the more that that's what it's about. Um and in the Passion of the Christ, of course, they show Pontius Pilate, but they show like they show the Jewish high high priests more. Like they pretty much pin it on the high priests of of the Jewish religion. Um, and you know, if there, it's it's lucky that Mel Gibson doesn't is like impeccable in terms of his views on on Jews, um, because otherwise you might think, oh hey, that's kind of suspect. Ooh, ooh, yeah close call there yeah you know this is this is why i like talking to you so much one of the many reasons because you bring in stories that i was like i don't know like what the fuck <laughs> like passion plays <laughs> like I, I never even heard of them doing passion plays it makes total sense that that yeah that would be a thing across the world but like passion plays honestly sounds like something you would see on Pornhub, <laughs> like or an only fans account you know some some sort of like realistic like you know um, not not overproduced, like kind of amateur stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm having a good time. I'm glad, man. I don't know if you are. I am too. We're get- <laughs> I didn't I didn't expect to talk about the Passion of the Christ tonight, but all right, I'll, let's roll with it, baby. Yeah. Look, as long as the sequel's coming out, like glad we're getting this in now. Yeah. Um. So, anyways, Jack, what are you um what are you playing these days? Any fun games? Any good movies you've seen? I've been, you know, we've been doing movie nights with uh, us and some friends, and that's been really keeping, keeping me sane. Um, we just watched Borat. That's right, we did watch. Yeah, we watched Borat subsequent movie film. What'd you think of it, man? I liked it. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was like really well done satire. It's hard to be funny. It's hard to make fun of Trump people because they're already so ridiculous. But it was. Like he, he, what, what it was, what's really wonderful about what he does is he draws people out and lets them like fuck over themselves. Like he gives people enough rope to hang themselves and puts them in situations where they can respond in any number of different ways, but they predictably behave like pretty monstrously. 
Um, and, and it's, uh, it was very funny and also very disturbing to watch, um, at the same time, because there are real people out there who are in that documentary, you know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, I feel like my, my feeling walking away from it was, it wasn't a bad movie at all, but I guess I just didn't find it as funny as I did the first one. It's definitely a funny movie. It's definitely a well-crafted one, but I didn't walk away thinking best movie of 2020 or like funniest thing I've seen in years or anything like that. And I was thinking about why I felt that way. And I think it's mostly because I think Borat was, was such a new concept for the first one. Like there was nothing like that in the world of like the trolling in real life of like a fake character exposing things that are like really backward and racist about Americana and and that like you know it's the sequelitis no matter what you know because you've already introduced that character you don't have the 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 freshness you're bringing that character back rather than introduce like creating something new like he did with Bruno mm. um but then on top of that i think america or or at least like you know the the america we know now is very different than it was when he did the first one which was exposing a lot of the things that was happening during the bush administration um, post 9-11 stuff you know being very uh nationalized against like the taliban and the war against terrorism and everything like that and now everything's very focused on trump but i think the the big difference is that we were with the bush stuff it was like shocking and new and it was just like kind of unreal how typical americans were saying and doing and believing these things and borat was kind of exposing them and in this movie we already know all this so it's kind of like Borat's like, you know, going to a a uh you know, a rally and he sings a song about, you know, uh giving Dems uh COVID and, and all this fucked up stuff and people are cheering along. And they sing along. And that's supposed to be disturbing. Yeah, yeah it's a sing along, yeah. And people are you know, and, and it of course it's it's a well done scene, it's funny and it's disturbing, but it's not surprising in any sense. Like we already knew this shit was happening for years now. So I, I think what what got me with with uh, Borat too was that it's it's not that it was like exposing something or or was like kind of bringing comedy out of something I, I would never expect to happen. It was kind of just like oh I I'm, I can't wait. It was even spoiled. I mean we were all talking about in the news about the Giuliani thing at the end and it all culminates in that. Yeah. So it's like you're you're going into it almost going like I can't wait to see the thing I already know I'm going to see and then react to that I've already reacted to online before right. I've even seen the fucking movie. I, I feel you. I think I like I got a lot out of it because it's so outrageous. And like for me, there's still something of him just being outrageous around people, especially people who are like in some ways not like my parents aren't conservative, but they are pretty like they aren't like Republicans and they aren't conservative politically, but they are conservative, like in terms of how they operate in the world, like, and to see him do some of the stuff and say some of the stuff around them, it's like, it's still around people who look like my parents, like is still very funny to me on a very personal level. Um, but I think that you've basically nailed it on the head in terms of why this is probably not as good as the, the first one. Um, and why, frankly why it's hard to do comedy in the age of trump um like it's like there are no more there's yeah absolutely a lot of the humor of the bush years came from the fact that the bush's the bush administration was doing all these horrible things but saying all of these like noble things 
and the dissonance between right. those two things. They were completely po-faced and serious the whole time. Yep. Like, yeah, there was no humor in it. They, but, but the comedy was creating humor out of yeah. it. Yeah, it's like how do you? It's it's you know, and Trey Parker and Matt Stone from South Park have said as much, and they're like, that's why we're not doing Trump stuff anymore. Is like, what what else is there to say? Yeah, like every joke about it, he's already made about himself. You know, yeah, he is a joke. He's like a walking absurdity. Yeah, he is like right. Wow. Yeah. Burrow Park, the killer of good audio. <laughs> Thank you so much for that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we're going to be able to edit that one out. There's going to be just like a random car honk. We can leave like, We can leave a car honk in here and there. <laughs> like, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, look, I mean, whereas Bush would like do these like horrible, like just uh, authorized torture and then say, we're doing it for freedom and we're here to protect the American people. Donald Trump, like, they'll say, like, Donald, you know, President Trump, you're putting children in cages. And he'll be like, they're fine. They're put, we put them in the cages. They're fine. And if they don't like it, their parents shouldn't come across. You shouldn't come across, folks, if you don't want to yeah. get split up. It's like they're not denying anything. There's no – no one's hiding anything anymore. It's all out on the surface for everybody to see what it is. Of like, mo- And how do you make a joke about that? Yeah. It's just monstrosity laid bare. You know, and I think it's funny because I think that also takes us back to SNL at the beginning of this conversation. Yeah. And why those bits are so unfunny. Yeah. It's like, what is there to what is there to parody? Like, the parody is reality. Like, the joke is right there. I, I watched the most recent one, and it really was just them summarizing the debate. It's just a recap at this point. Yeah. But with characters playing them. Yeah, and like little lame half-hearted jokes sprinkled in there every now and again. I've seen good takes on Trump. You can do it, but you have to be willing to be brutal because you have to like where it comes from is like you have to acknowledge the truth of what he is and then amp it up to 11. Um, And very few people are willing to do that in their comedy. And SNL certainly isn't. But Borat is a little bit. And that's why I enjoyed Borat. It's it's why it's it's still not as funny as the original. But there are moments where he's willing to get people on camera saying that they'll do these ter- they want to do these terrible things or cheering for doing these terrible things or supporting these terrible things. And it is still like a little bit beyond what reality is. It's still a little bit satirical. Um, it's taking the piss out of people who are in power. Like he really did get Rudy Giuliani to nearly pull down his trousers and whip it out in front of this reporter. Russian reporter, um, which is wild. Uh, the only thing that's really tough about that in the Trump era is in the Bush era, that would have gotten somebody's career ended. In the Trump era, it's just fake news, and so it doesn't matter, and nothing happens. That's such a good point. You're absolutely right. Like, the the standards have changed so much now that this movie culminating in a piece of, like, scandalous fucking material... Yeah. Of of a major political figure, fucking Mister Nine Eleven himself, fucking Giuliani, yeah. like being caught in this position where he's literally digging in his crotch with this woman he just met, who's a reporter. Yeah. Even like, forget about the fifteen year, like you know, the bit that like this is my fifteen year old daughter. Like, even if this was a consenting adult of age, it's a reporter from a Russian news network who immediately wanted to sleep with you after doing a uh, interview with you. Like 
threat to national security type shit. And by the way, not only could there have been cameras in the room, there were cameras in the room. They recorded it all. Exactly. And like you said, fake news. Wipe it, what, just put it in the back of your mind. And like, yep. Giuliano will be fine tomorrow and it'll be fine a week he from now. He basically was like, nope, I was just adjusting the mic cord. And if you watch it, of course, you, you and I both know, anyone who watches it knows that that's not what he's mm-hmm. doing based in the context of everything else he's doing. Even even the best case scenario of that situation is still enough to like ruin anyone's fucking career or their credibility. And yet, like, we live in this fucking bizarro world now where that's just like one day in the news cycle. And it's already, like, out of mind tomorrow. Yeah, I don't think anybody's talking about it anymore. And now I'm sitting here... I'm sitting here talking about it like, oh, it ruined my movie. Instead of this major fucking political (laughs) gap it should have been. Instead, I'm just like, yeah, it kind of... It was spoilers for my Borat film. Like, how fucking weird is all of this shit? It's like trying to hit a drum, but the drum is, like, deflated. It's, like, limp. You're just like, like... It doesn't make any sound. Like, back in the day, things used to have consequences. And so when you did something funny, it would have a big reaction. Now, there's no reaction. It's trying to yeah. punch, like, it's trying to punch uh, water. It's like, it just does nothing, you know? It just tires you out. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I guess, you know, as we, as we wrap up here, instead of doing a would you rather. Okay. I'm going to do... Uh, fuck, Mary kill. Oh, boy. Um, okay. And the three are going to be Mel Gibson, Donald Trump, and Jesus Christ. Um, well, I'm, I'm marrying Jesus. Uh, so Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling. It's like when, you, when you're a kid in the classroom and the teacher's like, I'm going to need to see you after class. And everyone is like, ooh. ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I remember, I'll never forget this one time in, in high school. I, I got hit with the see me after class by uh, my math teacher. And I loved her. She was such a nice woman. But I was going through some shit and I was acting out. And she asked me to come in after class. And was like, what's going on? And I basically like told her to fuck off. Um, and she was like, all right, I'm done with you then. And I was like, all right, whatever. And then I left and then I felt really bad about it because I was, again, like I was, I don't want to get into it, but I was like going through some shit yeah. and I was just like lashing out at people. And I I remember coming back to her, did a bunch of extra credit work, like tried to talk to her again. And she was like, no, I'm, I'm dead serious. Like I'm done with you. Like, I, I will be a professional, like, teacher to you and everything, but, like, our, like, friendship, our, like, you know, mentorship, and that's done. Like, you you get one shot with me and it's over. Um, and I, to this day, it still sticks with me, like, I fuck something up. And I think that was, like, my first reality check of, like, you can't just hurt people and then be like, but I'm sorry now. Let me back in. Like... If you're lucky and the person is gracious and you're willing to work on it, yeah, there may be opportunities for that. But you don't just deserve to be back in someone's good graces because you're good now. Like, or you feel like you deserve to be good now. And to have like an authority figure, and this was my senior year in high school. So I was maybe about three months away from graduating and like never seeing her again. And I basically tried to do all these like 
show her and tell her these acts of like contrition and like try to like and she just straight up told me like no like this is I told you like this is done um and I basically like after classes were done we like never spoke again that sucks man um yeah it was like one of my favorite teachers and I really fucked that up um didn't mean to bring the house down no, with like I, I just... that sad story but it was it was a really like hard life lesson that I learned from that shit you know I bet it made you a better person. And like I'm I think she really liked me and I really liked her and I think I really let her down. Um, We're just a kid. And man. I think she was just like, "Well, yeah." But also like I think she was like, "I think this is going to be a like I I have hundreds of students every year. I I don't have time to let you hurt me, and I think this will be a good lesson for you to learn from is like you don't get to just kind of do that cuz like teachers aren't just punching bags, you know." Yeah. I don't know. I could go both ways on that one. Like, but they're just people too. So they're not always going to make the right choice themselves, you know? Well, I, and and I think, you know, what you were alluding to just now, I for a while felt indignant about it and was like, but you're a teacher. You're supposed to like protect me. And like, and I was really upset about it and thought about it from the, but like, I think with more time and distance, I was like, well, that's just more selfish thinking that got me into this situation in the first place right and teachers are people and i think the older i get and seeing people i went to school with become teachers and you know uh uh, not colleagues what's the word um contemporaries you know people like in my same age range becoming teachers and going through those experiences you really do realize like they're just people who are like trying their best and for you to come at them sideways with some shit yeah it's not fair um so I feel it's like one of my biggest regrets in life. I look back like it's still that thing that like I'll think about randomly on like a Sunday at, at you know, three in the afternoon and be like, wow, that was like one of the worst things I've ever done in my life. Damn, man. Well, um, all you can do is learn from it and, and do your best to move on. Right. Like i think for me i always kind of had that in my mind that my teachers were people but i it's like cheating because my dad is a teacher um so i always had kind of an interesting relationship with teachers because i'm like it was kind of weird like the way they are in class i'm like but you go home i know you go home because somebody comes to my house who is teaching other kids like and never was that i never was a student at one of my dad's schools but like it kind of fucked up it was like a mind fuck from a very young age of like huh you are that to somebody else probably um and mm-hmm. i don't know i i but like i i had my own issues with authority figures of like looking putting them on a pedestal and looking up to them too much you know and like being too deferential to them yeah i think i was i was a little bit more hot-headed in school so i would like I don't know. I wouldn't say cause trouble because I, I would say academically I was a great student. I was top of like one of the top of my class. I got yeah. I, I forget the fucking thing like academic excellence or whatever. The, sure. When you're in Honor the top whatever, whatever percentage. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that that shit. Um, I was in like National Honor Society, whatever the fuck they call. It. But like, I would be in a class and I would like talk back to teachers. I would like dress kind of thuggish because I went to a school in Brooklyn. <laughs> so like it was it was a Catholic school uniforms, but like. Every other fucking day, I was getting detention for like my uniform being because I would intentionally wear it like a like a cool kid. I would have like my my shirt tucked out and like my my tie real low and shit like that. I thought it was so fucking cool. Um, I got detention so fucking.
<laughs> so many hours wasted <laughs> after school in fucking detention, man. Oh my god. Um, I remember one time I left class. It was the last. It was like eighth period, and I just walked out, went outside, and bought like a dime bag from a dude <laughs> and came <back laughs> to class. Like this is that's what I'm talking about. Like the shit I was pulling <laughs> when you're a little bit of a teacher's pet when you get like good grades and everything parental figures even teachers will start not looking at you as much they give you a little bit more leeway mm. and i even i did a big film project my senior year um like as as like my own personal thing for the school yeah. and it was really funny it was like very popular everyone liked it i even interviewed the principal so like the principal knew me and thought i was like an awesome guy and like a funny person so like it just granted me shit where i could just be like a fucking ghost mm. And, like, I could be places I wasn't supposed to be, but it'd be like, he's fine. Like, he, you know, he's got good grades. He's he's not causing any problems. Meanwhile, I was always causing problems. <laughs> but it was just more, it was more subtle than that, you know? Like, I was always doing shit. It just wasn't, it wasn't shit that was, I was thinking big picture. You know, I wasn't arguing with, with, with teachers in the hallway over not having a pass or, like, not having my ID on me or shit. I was like, I was more like... How do I skip school all day, but still end up going in after hours to go to acting class with my, you know, with my play production? Because they were like, if, if you are out sick, you're not allowed to go to electives. So what I used to do is like I would cut school and then again, like side entrance shit. What I would do is I would have like my casual clothes on. I would throw like a shirt and a tie on, <laughs> walk in like I, I've been there all day and then just take it off and go to acting class. That's no wonder you like the game Hitman so much, because you're used to infiltrating buildings. <laughs> like you, you were like you've scoped out entrances and donned costumes. Like this is a game that you oh, like for yeah. a very real reason, because you have experience. <laughs> you were you were talking about earlier. You were talking about earlier how your parents can never listen to this episode now mm-hmm. because of what we're talking about. My parents would be so disappointed. Ooh. My dad and my stepmom would be so disappointed to hear Ooh. that this is how I spent. My education, my because I was good up until like like freshman and junior year, I was fine. But senior year was really when it was like, um, nothing is real, everything is permitted. Mm. Like I really just started, just pushing the limits. I used to call my own school as my father and call myself out sick. Amazing. And then I would just take the day off. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah, I'd be like, Michael's out today, and who is this? His father. Like that's how I would say it. His fault. Like it's like. Do you remember? Um, do you remember Home, Home Alone two when he has the voice changer of and he's going to like register for of the course. for the for the hotel yeah. and he's like, "This is the concierge." <laughs> like and, and they do that whole like, "I would like one of those one of those fridges you can open with a key, credit card, no problem." <laughs> like that's how I used to do that shit. <laughs> you know what's fucking crazy? I had one of those things. They made those and then they sold them. The, the Tyco yeah. things, right? They, yeah. They, they you could talk into it like and you could listen to music like... on it, but you could also oh, yeah, yeah. talk into it and like mm-hmm. record yourself. Oh, yeah, dude. I had one of those too. Yeah. That's why I know That was it. the shit. And then there was a talk girl and there was pink. There was. Do you remember I that? I didn't have one, but yes, yep. I do remember. It was the identical device. It was just pink and it was called Talk Girl. I think I still have – I think I recently saw my talk boy like somewhere in amongst like as my parents moved last year. Like they have their – the stuff that they didn't throw away from the you house. You got to find that shit. Yo, man. dude, just have a start using it on the podcast. Hello. 
So we went. <laughs> we went on a little bit of a tangent there, but um, I want to I want to take us home. All right. Fuck Mary Kill. Yep. Your 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 that question again is, fuck Mary Kill. Your options are. Donald Trump, Mel Gibson, and Jesus Christ. I'm gonna marry Jesus, um, like a good Catholic boy. Nice. Uh, and good. <laughs> Make Mama proud. Um, look, you know, at final two. Like, I feel like the guy who's given out a rose um, on The Bachelor. It's like, listen, you know, both of them are very deserving, um, but in the end, uh, it's just I'm I'm. It's going to be a, a night with Mel Gibson. And, you know, look, he's he's made America great again. And, you know, we respect him for that. But Donald, you know, goodbye. You're fired. Um, that's my answer. If I were you, if I were you, I would fuck Donald Trump. Now hear me out. You start by fucking Donald Trump, right? You, you, get, you get the worst out of the way. And look, let's all be serious. We've all... We've all pumped our way through some experiences we weren't thrilled about. Oh you know, let's 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 call a rose a rose and a spade a spade. <laughs> That's classy. So you get that classy. done. Wipe it off your hands. You get that done. Now you kill Jesus. And why do you kill Jesus? Because Jesus comes back, baby. <laughs> Jesus resurrects. Comes back even stronger. He's like a Saiyan from Dragon Ball Z, all right? Near-death experience, comes back, ups his power level. He is good, yeah. okay? No problems whatsoever. And then finally, you marry Mel Gibson. Now, why do you marry Mel Gibson? Well, the answer's simple, my boy. It's money. Money. Money! And he's untouchable, dude. If you could fucking throw the gauntlet down on the Jews the way he so eloquently oh did God. back in the day... And still be able to make a Santa Claus movie by 2020 December. You got you got some clout and you got some money and you probably got a house big enough that I can avoid you most of the day. <laughs> so being married wouldn't be too bad. All right. I'd be far enough. I wouldn't have to interact with you too much. It's all good. And that's my choice. Good choices. I respect like didn't think of some of those uh, those choices. I, I respect that a lot. Um, in closing, mom, dad, I'm sorry for this one. <laughs> Wish you hadn't listened, but you did. So yeah, here we did. are. Ditto on my side. All right, <laughs> All right man. Well, I, I mean, I kind of think that's it here. Um, before we wrap up, do you want to give them the email address that we still haven't checked yet? We got to check. Yeah, it. we're going to check it. <laughs> It, yeah, we definitely got to check Info it. <laughs> at mouthsoundspodcast.com. All right, guys. Info at mouthsoundspodcast.com. We will read uh, it eventually. A line. <laughs> we will. We promise soon, to read very it. Very soon. At some point, we're going to read and it. We're going to read it regularly. All that. All that good stuff. Uh, send us a shout. We'd love to hear from you guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, if we have time, maybe we'll, we'll pump out a Halloween, a special Halloween episode. But if not... Um, We'll, we'll catch you guys next week. Later.